Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. This is the Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer on God's Word, prepared for our congregation and shared <laughs> widely, apparently, to people from all over the place uh, that watch and listen throughout the day. Um, this is just a systematic way, uh, kind of in the style of the old breviaries, where we would read through um, try to read through most of God's Word, and in, in our case, over three years, as well as learn uh, a fair number of hymns, or relearn, or try to memorize them, as well as memory verses, uh, work through the catechism multiple times over those over those years, um, and uh, added a second reading last year, I think. So uh, the idea then is that you have all of the, the Scripture as a resource to you, um, in your mind and in your heart, um, so that uh, Christ can, by his Spirit, guide you in all um, your days and in all your ways, rather in his ways. All right, so it's good to have you this morning, and we'll, we'll pray together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, memory verse for the week, we say together. Those who gladly received his word were baptized, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Acts 2, 41 and 42. Our psalm this week is Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law, on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. But on his law, he meditates day and night, like we're doing here. All right, our catechism this week is the sacrament of the altar. What is the sacrament of the altar? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, under the bread and wine, instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink. Where is this written? The holy evangelist Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, or to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. All right, our first reading is from John chapter 9. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, 
Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, and those who do not see, that those who do not see may see, and that those who may who see may be made blind. That's a tongue twister. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin, but now you say, We see, therefore your sin remains. All right, so again, the man born blind who's healed by Jesus uh, at the second Sabbath, or excuse me, second Passover recorded in John's Gospel. You might uh, recall what we heard in the parable of the sower on Sunday from Matthew's Gospel. Or was, no, excuse me, it was from Luke. Um, Jesus spoke to them in parables that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not hear. Right? We have the same idea here, it's, um, and the same thing play out really with um, Pharaoh, is that it really doesn't matter so much whether they see the signs, because what, what is needed to truly see is faith in the Word of God. Right? So without the Word, their sight, their hearing actually is, is even uh, faulty, it's, it's no good. Right? Um, so what does he say? For judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see. Right? So that those who are um, physically blind are made to spiritually see, you see, that with the man born blind. And that those who see, physically can see, may be made blind, spiritually blind, right? This is part of that mystery um, of the work of God's word, in that for those who will receive it, it, it becomes, um, well, strengthening and, and encouraging, and it gives a new heart. And for those who refuse to hear by their own sin, they, um, I'm trying to remember the parallel of what I just said, well, they, because they refuse to hear, they, can't, they cannot see, and their hearts are made hard. Right? And there is a, a, a mystery there as to why some receive unto faith and though some do not. Right? It's, court, it's what we call the doctrine of election or God's predestination belongs to that. Um, but of course, he never, as we talked about with the Office of the Keys last week, I think this is important to remember, he doesn't desire, it's not his, it's not his um, will that um, anyone die outside of faith. Right? He desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Right? That's his desire, that's his will. Right? Um, as to why some do not believe, and he, and he allows them to persist in that unbelief, uh, belongs to his, well, the hidden knowledge of God, one that we can't peer into, right? because it will only bring us to despair and hopelessness. Right? So the fact that you're hearing God's word is an encouragement to you, right? because then that, that demonstrates, actually, that the Spirit is at work, your baptism is efficacious, right? You desire to hear and to be fed and to be strengthened and to have your eyes opened and your ears made hearing again. All right? Um, so it is only sin that gets in the way of that. Uh, and, but why? Um, oh, hardening. We should also talk uh, about that a bit because we're going to hear it um, today with Pharaoh and tomorrow, is that God does harden the Pharisees' hearts that, that their sin may be multiplied, again, that they be brought to repentance. So that's what we talked about with the Office of the Keys last week. Right? Why bind someone's sins to them? Why declare that, that there is no forgiveness for those who refuse to repent? To call them to repentance. That's right. right. So that their, their sin actually will multiply. Paul says that, um, um, that when he learned about what coveting was, he coveted all the more. He says that sin multiplies sin, which um, is analogous then to a story like the prodigal son who um, his rebellion against his father 
uh, results finally into his near death being um, starving in a pig um, pen, you know, desiring to even eat their pods. Right, so that's what's going on there, and it's a hard it's a hard word to hear that God would intentionally harden and blind those who live in rebellion to Him, but it is it is so that they be brought um, to the lowest point where they have nothing left to trust in of themselves and only um, have then to trust in the grace and mercy of God. All right. Exodus six and seven is our reading for catechesis. All right, so remember Moses is sent to Pharaoh along with Aaron, of course. And it came to pass on the day that the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I am the Lord, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you. But Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips, and how shall Pharaoh heed me? So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you. And Aaron, your brother, shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not heed you so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Then Moses and Aaron did so just as the Lord commanded them. So they did. And Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and let it become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went in to Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt, They also did in like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods, and Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them, as the Lord had said. So the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard, he refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning when he goes out to the water, and you shall stand by the river's bank to meet him. And the rod which was turned to a serpent you shall take in your hand. And you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. But indeed, until now, you would not hear. Thus says the Lord, By this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will strike the waters which are in the river with the rod that is in my hand, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that are in the river shall die, and the river shall stink, and the Egyptians will loathe to drink the water of the river. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, say to Aaron, take your rod and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their streams, over their rivers, over their ponds, over all their pools of water, that they may become blood. And there shall be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in buckets of wood and in pitchers of stone. And Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord commanded. So he lifted up the rod and struck the waters that were in the river, in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants. And all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. The fish that were in the river died, the river stank, and the Egyptians could not drink the water of the river. So there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. Then the magicians did so with their enchantments, and Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them, as the Lord had said. And Pharaoh turned and went into his house, neither was his heart moved by this. So the Egyptians dug all around the river for water to drink, because they could not drink the water in the river of the river. And seven days passed after the Lord had struck the river.
All right, so we've got um, the sign of the serpent and the staff, but also um, the first plague, right? The river being turned to blood. All right, so tell Pharaoh what I shall say to you, right? Tell Pharaoh all that I shall say to you. Moses is but God's instrument, right? But that's not what Moses believes. I'm of uncircumcised or faltering lips, and how shall Pharaoh heed me, right? So Moses still thinks it's on him uh, to be convincing, efficacious, powerful, etc. All right, Um, but then in verse 1 of chapter 7, the Lord said to Moses, see, I've made you like God or as God um, to Pharaoh. Or you could just shorten it. Um, There is no like or as that's implied there. As you can see, New King James makes it uh, italicized to show you it's adding that word. Um, Better to just translate it straight up. See, I have made you God to Pharaoh. Right Now, this shouldn't be a problem to us um, based on what we see in verse 30, right? And then in verse 2, right? I shall speak all that I command you, right? Is God who is present in the word that is preached, right? Regardless of um, who he calls to preach that word. It is God who is speaking. When you hear Moses, you hear me, right? Or as Jesus says, anyone who listens to me, hears the Father. And whoever receives me, receives the Father who sent me. And whoever receives the one whom I have sent has received me, right? Um, that's in John's gospel. So you have that divine handoff, if you like, right? But uh, it is as the centurion says, um, I am a man um, who have men under me, and I say, go this, and they do this, and do that, and they do that, right? So speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. I know that you've been sent by God, in other words. You are God um, to me, which of course is true uh, explicitly with Jesus. Uh, so this is important for the office of the holy ministry right? Christ speaks to his church. He is still speaking in his church uh, and is present for her through the office of the holy ministry, the ones whom he has called and sent to you to speak, right? So whoever hears them receives Jesus, right? Um, But God also says, I think, I don't know if this is encouraging for Moses, um, but it should give him a little courage, right? That God would harden Pharaoh's heart, right? So then when Moses speaks, Again, it's not on him to convince Pharaoh. As a matter of fact, God warns him that Pharaoh um, will actually become resistant because of the word that is being preached. Hmm. Uh, what words did God use to describe his rescue of Israel? Uh, I multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Right? So there'll be signs and wonders, and um, there, will be a great, there will be great judgment on the land of Egypt. Of course, we'll see that in the various plagues. Old are Moses and Aaron when the Lord sends them, commissions them here. <laughs> You're never too old. Moses is 80. Aaron is 83. Right? My, our, our 80 and 83-year-olds say that they're done doing anything <laughs> for God in the church. <laughs> they're all saying, we're, we're retired. We're too tired. Now, I know. Moses will live longer um, than our 80 and 83-year-olds do. But I always think that's kind of funny that people kind of uh, resign and retire um, from active leadership in the church. And then we read in the Bible that the elders serve until they're dead, basically. But so it goes. I'm not sure about this idea of retirement. Uh, certainly not given in the scripture. A, a day of rest, maybe, or maybe even a time or a season of rest. Uh, but retiring or resigning. Um, hmm. Anyway, <laughs> neither here nor there. Uh, you, can do, you can only do what you can do physically, of course. Yeah. Uh, what sign or miracle does Aaron, or did Aaron do for Pharaoh then? The first sign here. Same as he did for Israel. So now he does for Pharaoh, right? His rod becomes a snake. Uh, Pharaoh's, Pharaoh summons 
says his wise men and sorcerers and magicians, right? Um, and they do, they throw down their rods to become snakes, right? But the key here is second commandment. This is witchcraft. So this is by the power of the devil, right? Um, I like that word New King James uses, which is enchantment, right? Whether it's an illusion or it's real, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> We're enchanted by these false words and by this false sign, right? Which is how the devil works. How did God show that he is the only true God, right? Aaron's rod swallows up their rods, right? Which this is a sign of triumph. Now, of course, you, you probably are thinking cross language, right? God's victory over all the false gods, ultimately fulfilled in the wood of the cross where the serpent's head is crushed by the, uh, the heel of the suffering servant, Jesus. It's all right there, isn't it? Good. All right. Why did Pharaoh's heart, heart harden? Key phrase here. We see it repeated throughout this whole narrative. As the Lord had said. This is by the word of the Lord. The Lord had said he would harden Pharaoh's heart, and it happens, right? By that same word spoken. Hmm. Um, so we have, then we have the first plague, right? And this is the waters of the Nile being turned into blood. All right. Now that, of course, is compared to Jesus' first miracle, although the water of the Nile uh, is bringing death, right, when it's turned into blood. Jesus' first miracle in John's gospel in particular, Jesus turns water into wine, which is not a sign of um, death, but a sign of life, right? It's the sign of the blood that will be offered to us in the Lord's Supper ultimately. So Christ's blood brings life, not death, because he has risen from the dead, uniquely and alone. All right. When and where did Moses go to Pharaoh? All right. We have the morning, which is interesting, and by the water. All right. Morning by the water. Aaron takes his staff, Moses' staff. Remember, it's kind of a, a mixture as to who does what and when, right? It's said both ways. But Aaron takes the staff, strikes the water, and then the water was changed to blood. All of the Nile, including its pools and tributaries, um, and even the vessels, perhaps by the Nile, stone or wood that are that are holding the water of the Nile, right? Blood everywhere throughout the land of Egypt. This was connected to the um, the last plague, right? Where the blood is marked, blood of the Passover lamb is, is placed upon the doorposts and the lintel, um, as a, again, so that death would pass over. The Nile, we should note, is um, important to the life of the Egyptians as it runs north and south through through the land, right, or south to north, is that um, it is the, the it is the source of life for Egyptians, right? And God is attacking their source of life, which actually is meant to be a testimony to him, to God as the source of life. Magicians actually do the same thing, right? Perhaps with the water dug up um, by the wells that the people, that's recorded later, that the people dug, all right? Like kids get really confused about it. I thought all the water was blood. Well, okay, fine. Um, all the water of the Nile and whatever, but it does say that they dug wells to get more water, so that probably is the water they used. Is this a mistake in the Bible? Sometimes things are actually recorded out of order too, right? Oh, and by the way, they dug wells so that they had other water, right? Okay. Again, Pharaoh responds with hardness of heart, okay? So we have um, two pretty impressive signs, right? Um, but also word being spoken by God, which is key here. God is not known by secret whispers in the heart or by visions and dreams. God is made known through the preaching of his word, Moses was not God to Pharaoh in any other way other than through the preaching of the word of truth. So God still sets apart sinful men to speak his word and promises, so that those who hear them hear Jesus. The message they preach is always the message of the crucified Christ, who has swallowed up the tempter 
and the power of death. It is the blood of Christ that has been sprinkled upon us in baptism that we might live. Those whose hearts believe the word of promise in baptism are saved, but those who do not believe will be condemned. Okay, so we're connected to baptism in the supper as well, right? Water and the blood, Christ, water and blood together from Christ's side, etc., etc. Right? Yeah, there's lots of foreshadowing, not direct analogy for perhaps, um, but well, what do the kids call them? Cross connections. I think that's what their Bible describes them as. All right, let's sing our hymn for the week. Now thank we all our God. like to greet those of you who've uh, checked in on the chats on the various streaming platforms who are watching live. We've got Michael on YouTube, Don and Karen are on Facebook, Gus and Eileen are on Facebook, Lori's on Facebook, Vicky's on YouTube, Karen's on Facebook, Jetta's on YouTube, Nancy, that's my aunt, on Facebook, and Chris on Facebook as well. Greetings to you, as well as those of you watching or listening later in the day. Lord be with you as well. Today is St. Valentine's Day, right? And we actually don't know a lot about this Valentine. It's mostly legend, but that's okay. Uh, it's a good legend to remember. A physician and priest living in Rome during the rule of Emperor Claudius, Valentine became one of the noted martyrs of the third century. 
The commemoration of his death, which occurred in AD 270, became part of the calendar of remembrance in the early church of the West. Tradition suggests that on the day of his execution for his Christian faith, Valentine left a note of encouragement for a child of his jailer, written on an irregularly shaped piece of paper. This greeting became a pattern for millions of written expressions of love and caring that now are the highlight of Valentine's Day in many nations. Okay, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you kindled the flame of your love in the heart of your holy martyr, Valentine. Grant to us, your humble servants, a like faith and the power of love, that we who rejoice in Christ's triumph may embody his love in our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, mercifully grant that by your power we may be defended against all adversity. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, by your own words you have instituted the Lord's Supper, teaching us to believe that it is your true body and blood under the bread and wine for us Christians to eat and to drink. We give thanks to you for this precious gift. Give us true faith in your words that we might receive your body and blood for the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation as you have promised. In your holy name we pray. Amen. We pray today also for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, for those struggling with sin. Huh. Let's put in a birthday here. There she is. (laughs) We, uh, Pray today in Thanksgiving with Dorothy, who celebrates her birthday. We pray for the households of our church, Ron and Janet, my family, Norm and Sanda, Rolf and Linda, Shannon and Sam. We give thanks to God for the acceptance of the call by Karen to be our teacher next year. Pray for our catechumens. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, uh, Walt, Christopher, Dan, Brad, Betty, Joan, John, Cheryl, Pat, Merlin, Heidi and Dick. Pray for our homebound, Paul, Pauline, Paul and Pauline. Pray for our missions and mercy work, especially the work of Sheboygan Lutheran High School. We pray for our enemies and our persecutors, and we pray for all those grieving, especially the family and friends of Ed. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things, Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. It's been a joy to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer on God's Word. We come to you each morning at about 9 a.m., right? And uh, you can pray with us and sing with us, and confess the catechism together with us. Uh, By the way, if you um, appreciate the work we're doing here, um, if you aren't already a regular recurring donor, uh, or if you um, would be interested in giving a special gift, the links are down below. If you go to our donate page right on our website, sgjohnrandomlake.org, 
Um, we're looking to do two things here and uh, could use your support for both of them. Uh, one is I want to replace this computer and screen where it's actually combined. Uh, one, so that I have flexibility of a laptop to move around on campus. Um, and two, uh, to get one that's more modern. This is a seven-year-old computer now. It's plugging away, but it gets a little stressed out here. <laughs> I can't do anything else while it's streaming. Um, otherwise, it gets glitchy. So I'd like to replace that and also um, put in do another phase of the technology program over at church, which was to replace the whiteboard and the small display in the fellowship hall with a much larger display. So we do have some money set aside for that, um, but there's some, well, the question is how large of a display can we afford to get? Right now, we I think we have the funds for a 75 inch, which is pretty large, um, of a less expensive model. I'd like to look at a larger um, display and perhaps a little bit uh, uh, higher quality one, because uh, we can use this to do things like um, uh, remote conferencing, right? Or when we have uh, interviews or when we'd like uh, to have a guest speaker um, to use the display for that uh, would be quite nice. All right. So um, if you haven't uh, and you can support that work, there is a way to directly um, give to the technology fund. And that is through our donate page. All right. So I'd appreciate that if you would like. All right. So um, God's blessings to you all this day uh, and every day. And I hope to see you again soon, if not uh, later, tomorrow, right? For prayer at 9 a.m. See you then. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.